the What The Fuck Show with me, Connor Falk. Thank you for listening. Be it through iTunes, SoundCloud, Pod Directory, Facebook, or Twitter, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. It's a podcast about many things that I love to talk about, whether it's be entertainment, sports, food, um, all the things you like to love and think about. You know, maybe you're in traffic, maybe you're in school, maybe you don't want to listen to your boyfriend or girlfriend. I hope that I can provide you the next 30 to 35 minutes, some informational, some witty, and some effective banter for the boring parts of your day. Fantasy football is the word of the day today, or actually sports in general. Well, actually apps. I guess we're talking about apps. We're in the 2000s now. Right now, you're listening to me, be it through a satellite or a computer. That's where we're at in technology now, so it's pretty exciting. We're talking about apps. We have the new Fanding app. It's a new sports debate app. It's an all-inclusive app that you can go ahead and get on. You you log on, and you can go ahead and talk to somebody and debate sports, be it in whatever you are, be it a different country, or a different part of America. It's something really exciting, and I'm really glad to have him on the show tonight to talk about it. That person is Gabe Isaacson. He's one of the workers for Fandings.com, the Fandings app. He's a big part of this organization. He's here to talk about the app and why you need to put some time into it and uh, mess around with it. Gabe, I'm excited to have you on the show today, man. How's it going? Oh, well, thanks for that introduction. That was really nice. I uh, appreciate you uh, taking time to accommodate my co-host schedule and having me on the podcast is a real treat. Connected through social media, again, just showing how cool and where we're at in technology now that people from, you know, one person in D.C. and another person in L.A. can go ahead and connect and and find some common ground. And and this week, I think we're going to find some ground in in sports in general and fantasy football, and I think that includes Fanding. So, Gabe, why don't you go ahead and give the listeners kind of an idea of what Fandings is, where they can find it, and, uh, and kind of what's going on. Sure, sure, sure. Well, Fandings is the world's first sports debate app. It is really a unique platform, um, unlike anything else, frankly, that I've seen out there. You know, I, I, when I first got involved with Fandings, it was humorous because I was the kind of person who would be the perfect market for a product like this. Mm, okay. It's a free app in the, in the iOS and the Apple App Store, and uh, you download it. And basically what we have in there is we have a lot of topics at any given time, questions within different sports, within different areas, you know, past, present, future, fantasy and real sports, all sorts of things, college and professional. And what we have in there is there's topics, and you pick it, you answer the question, you debate. It goes out there. We have thousands of people on the app, just like you said, all over the country, all over the world, and you pick it up. And you don't know, you know, sometimes two people come to a consensus, and they're simply arguing about why they agree on the same result. Yeah. Sometimes people totally disagree, and it's a uh, really interesting, fun platform. You know, people judge the debates, and you kind of get a sense about where your debates are resonating with just the average person. And, you know, some, for someone like you or me, Connor, it's really opinionated. You know, that certainly has a lot of thoughts about this. It's uh, fun to see where other people come in on these things. Well, it really reminds me of mock trial back in high school and college. You know, you get a chance to, you know, go ahead and give your piece. The next person goes and you kind of rate them from there. So I think it's cool that you have a, have a chance to kind of see not necessarily who wins and loses, but kind of where maybe the audience is is, uh, is leaning in terms of where you are with the debate. Now, let me ask you, you know, with these topics, do you guys post them up on the site and the app or do people get to post the questions themselves and then have other have other people go ahead and jump in on it? question. So how it's been up to this point is that we've kind of controlled the topic. You know, certainly, you know, anyone that's really tuned into the sports world could imagine what people may or may not want to debate. Certainly, I do a lot of stuff, yeah, particularly this time of year in the fantasy football realm. Yeah. So I like to think I have a good sense of what people are interested in debating. But the fun thing about it, it's not unlike what you mentioned about us interacting over social media, is that the fun thing is, is that you know, people interact with we have we have uh, thousands of people on the app, but we also have thousands of Twitter followers and Facebook follows on uh, you know, we're at fandings on Twitter and, and at fandings on Facebook and we love when people come to us on the social media platform and they say, You know what, you guys don't have this topic in the app, 
but it's a really big topic to talk about, you know, Drew Brees' rotator cuff. And uh, I think people would really love to talk about it. Could you put a question about Drew Brees in the app so we can debate it and see what other people think? Was and that, nothing we, would make us happier. Yeah, which adds a lot of value at this point, like you said, with fantasy football and daily leagues. Because as you know, playing, it's all about point of view. You would just like to hear another person's idea and why they think maybe you should or shouldn't start that person. That doesn't mean that you should go ahead and, and heed their advice and do exactly what they say. But it's always good to, to have another point of view and to go ahead and pick someone's brain when it comes to you know the, the luck-filled world that is fantasy football and daily leagues. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to ask you, you know... The app world is something that's really interesting to me, and I think listeners want to know as well. We have new apps each day. Everyone, you know, working on Shark Tank, a lot of people come in with new ideas and inventions, and uh, apps are always one that people are talking about. Like, oh, I got a great idea for an app. I got a great idea for this. What kind of got you started in the app world? You know, what kind of got you into this? And what have you learned about app development in the process of working with Fandings? Yeah, I'll tell you this. There is one takeaway that I've had that goes above and beyond that I tell to other people, and I think it's really interesting, is that I come from a completely non-technical background. You know, I love sports and I'm very analytical in nature and, and everything about the output of the product is very appealing to me. But the physical input putting together the app is obviously something that, frankly, no one in our core team had any familiarity with. Mm. So obviously, we did what you have to do. We hired developers and we worked very closely with them. And the most interesting thing, you know, this little inside baseball, but the most interesting thing that we've had to deal with is the ability to kind of communicate your vision and your idea you know, what we want for our users, what people like you and me want to be able to debate, but talking to people whose expertise is with a computer and programming as opposed to sports and debate, it's very interesting. It's as if we're speaking different languages sometimes. And I feel as though it's just, it's a life experience, like going to another country, trying to communicate with people who deal in a different, you know, deal in a different language. They deal in a different currency, as to say, than we do. And it's a, it's been a real learning experience for us. And certainly, it's a curve in app development and startup development and you know with time you just get better at kind of how to do it and it's a really interesting unique process well it's very true it's an absolutely different jargon you know from people who work in technical world to those who kind of work in a face-to-face environment you yourself saying you're analytical obviously a people person you're well spoken that's why you're going to be a future lawyer as opposed to the tech people who don't have as much experience working in interpersonal situations so you know it, they might have to, at times they might kind of have difficulty communicating but overall you come to the same the same goal which is to make a great app for fandings it's a new sports debate app speaking of marketing in general you listen to the what the Falk show with me connor Falk. you can find my show on soundcloud.com my wtf show what the Falk show is on itunes it's on facebook my wtf show at my wtf show on twitter you can find fandings on twitter at fandings is it on twitter correct is that the handle yes at fandings very very good at fandings and where can they find you what's your twitter gabe if you want to go ahead and give that up my personal twitter is at gabe isaacson uh gabe uh, isaacson i-s-a-a-c-s-o-n but what i do is i do a lot of work out of the fan twitter you know i really like to keep everything there you know sometimes we have we tweet out debates we're having on the interns, we tweet out some fantasy thoughts. You know, I, I watch a lot of film on the games and try and tweet out some thoughts to people that might be of value. And frankly, I know that my personal account isn't the hub for action and discussion the way the Fannings account is. And so I love that, that, you know, there's a few of us that run the Fannings account, a few of us that have different backgrounds and expertise within the sports world. It's, uh, it's been really fun. 
fun. It's a, it's the social media has been a really unique and fun part. Yeah, it's it's very cool. I mean, at this point, you know, now if you're trying to build a brand, like for example, this show and, and your app, it's you have no excuse. You have no excuse not to be able to if you're willing to put in the time, and the hard work, and, and be intelligent in how you go about it. Because you know, from Twitter to to um, Facebook to uh, Instagram, there's so many different avenues to go ahead and get your brand out there. So anybody listening right now who wants to go ahead and get their own thing started, be it a podcast or an app, go ahead and put the time in and uh, you know the the chance for marketing and brand development is there so there's no excuse it's on you now Isaac we talked a little about Fandings it's a fun new sports debate app the only one of its kind available in all countries and in, in any part of the world it's on the iOS store for free um, I want to ask a little bit a little bit about you man I know like you said where you're in Georgetown Law School I mean I've heard some good things about Georgetown I mean great basketball team it's it was uh, it was the focal point of one of my favorite movies The Girl Next Door I don't know if you've ever seen that film have you ever seen sure, it? Sure I have. you have right so he's remember he's trying to get to uh, to get to Georgetown because as you know uh, people who go there usually do great things um, so you know you're in law school right now you're on the east coast uh, what got you there what made you want to be a lawyer yeah well so actually I'm just going to rearrange the, 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 you know, the events a little bit I went to Georgetown undergrad and now I'm at the law school at the University of Pittsburgh oh okay and, um, yeah Pit yeah, Panthers. No, no, no. And so it's uh, it's interesting. Basically, I love uh, everything about being in D.C. Georgetown is an amazing place, and it was an amazing uh, you know place to spend those collegiate years. And now I, I knew that I wanted to pursue uh, a law degree. It was kind of always in my future. I'm actually interested in pursuing a dual degree as a law degree and an MBA. And the reality is that the, the, the core Fandings team, you know, it's not a, not a very big team by any stretch, but this core team is in Pittsburgh, and it is such a treat to be back here close to them. You know, last year, at this time, we had developers in San Francisco, we had myself in D.C., we had a few of us in Pittsburgh, and it was coordinating conference calls and, and just, you know, logistically, it's so hard when you're trying to be a dynamic, small organization and progress quickly when... So much of your time gets clogged up in the logistics when you like to think that when you're a small organization, those are the problems you don't have. Absolutely. And so now we switched to a developer in Pittsburgh. I'm back in Pittsburgh. And now suddenly we can sit down around a table and look each other in the eye and write on a whiteboard. And just the feeling you get when you can have a meaningful discussion with people in person and you can see the look in their eye and see the imagination that they have kind of come good. I think that it's really shown in our ability to kind of improve our product and it will continue to show certainly in the coming months uh, as the product continues to evolve. Well, we had talked about sports before and I think, you know, I don't know if you've done any coaching. I have in my past, you know, in my experience and, and coaching, being a good coach is all about being an effective communicator. And that has the same thing when you're trying to build something, being an app or a team. So the fact that you guys will be able to be face-to-face, you're able to kind of gauge the idea and the motivation of each of your players, I think it helps for uh, why Fandings has been so successful and why it has such a bright future. And part of why I have you on this show right now, because I think it's a really interesting app and I think people are really going to enjoy it. So uh, you're in Pittsburgh now. I know you're a Pittsburgh native. Talk about a great sports town, um, a great state, you know, a great state in general in Pennsylvania and um, a place that uh, I think is really kind of the hub of, you know, be it football or uh, kind of sports media in general. There's a lot going on over there. Um, You know, I, and we, I sent you some production notes. We talked about you, you had said part of why you wanted to be a lawyer was actually one of your favorite TV shows kind of helped with that, and that was The West Wing. Was that correct? Oh, that is definitely correct. So you're an Aaron Sorkin fan then? Oh, very much so. Me as well. So I was happy to happy to be able to talk some West Wing. Let me let me ask you, who's your favorite character of The West Wing? Oh, I always, I always had a special place in my heart for Toby. Uh, 
it's very funny. I, you know, many people didn't follow the show the whole way through for the entirety of it because it, it changed very much over time. And obviously, Toby uh, isn't isn't you know looked at the same way by the call. It's a complete ending of the show. But yeah. something about Toby's character uh, struck a chord with me so personally. What character resonated with you? Um, I say it's got to be Bradley Whitford's character. To be honest, I've always just been a fan of, of Bradley Whitford in general. I actually got yeah, to meet. Phenomenal. I actually got to meet him. He came and he came and uh, and visited Shark Tank at Sony here in Culver City. So uh, it was a great time to talk to him. And but you know, the first thing I said uh, to Bradley Whitford is something that was another Aaron Sorkin show, which I hope I don't know if you've seen. If you haven't, please, if anything from this episode, please go watch the show if you haven't. That's Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip. Did you ever see that show? It was another Aaron Sorkin show that he did after West Wing. I did not see it. I did not. I did not. Bro, 23 episodes and only one season. The writer's strike really messed it up. It would have stayed, but the writer's strike and all the, all the, uh, as you said, the logistical issues, you know, that can, that can rise up. And that certainly happened during the writer's strike here in LA. And unfortunately, because of that, the show got canceled. But Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip was, it was a very West Wing type show. Very good writing, very good character development. Had that feel good feeling at the end of every episode, you know. I, I feel like I like, I've always liked uh, Aaron Sorkin because he, uh, he kind of likes to go against the monopolies and the conglomerates. And obviously in, in some ways that's bad and in other ways that can be very good because you like to you like to root for the underdog in a lot of stories I do the same in sports and I do the same in film and TV but Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip it starred Bradley Whitford and it starred uh, Matt, um, Matthew Perry so actually two really good actors you need those fast talking eloquent actors to do well in the Aaron Sorkin you know kind of kind of realm Amanda Peet was also into it and just to kind of kind of uh, a little lowdown on what this was uh, Matthew Perry and uh, Bradley Whitford were producer and and writer of say let's like just do a show like Saturday Night Live. So um, basically, first episode, the guy who's the head of the uh, Saturday Night Live kind of goes crazy on air a little bit. He's tired of all the marketing ploys and issues that he's had. And eventually, the guys who used to be on it, Bradley Woodford and uh, Matthew Perry, come back on the show. So they're running SNL. So the really cool storyline is that each week you have you see Matthew Perry being the writer, trying to get all the sketches up, trying to get all the entertaining things. And you see Bradley Whitford trying to book the guests and deal with all logistical issues and with the things with the network, be it as what they can and can't show. So something I definitely think you should check out, that's Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. What about the newsroom? Oh, that sounds great. That's definitely uh, going on my uh, Netflix of things that I need uh, to watch. It's not on Netflix, my friend, but it's actually on YouTube. The first 20 episodes are on YouTube, luckily. Other than that, you might have to go ahead and buy it, but I'm telling you, if you like Aaron Sorkin, you're going to love it. I own just the first series, it, the first season, which, you know, only one season, but it's one of my favorite shows of all time. Next is The Newsroom, another Aaron Sorkin, um, you know, a, uh, a vehicle. Did you, are you a fan of that show? I did like Newsroom. I know there were really mixed, mixed sentiments on Newsroom from Sorkin, from people that like Sorkin and didn't like Sorkin had mixed reviews on the show. I happen to like it. Something about it just uh, resonated with me for whatever reason. Uh, but, you know, it was short-lived, and, and that might have been for the best all around. Did, were you a fan? I was an absolute... I mean, the first season to me is one of the best seasons ever in television history. I thought it was... Great. I thought it was I thought it was amazing, but the problem was, you know, so I kind of now, for me, it's kind of like the Star Wars movies. Like, you know, I, I know you're, uh, I think you're a younger guy, or maybe we're the same age or whatnot, but for me, the only Star Wars that actually count as Star Wars movies are the ones that I saw as a kid, five through seven, or from four through six. Are you uh, are you on that train too, or did you like the uh, the Lucas, the recent ones? I, I would be, I, I have about no familiarity with Star Wars whatsoever. Oh, really? So I, 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 I can't, I honestly can't even participate. Oh, bro. Well, you're also missing out on some Star Wars stuff, man. We got the Force Awakens coming out, and you know, on Christmas, you might want to go ahead and check those out, dude. So, if any advice from this podcast, what the Falk Show with me, Connor Falk, I'd say check out some Star Wars, some uh, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Um, getting back to Newsroom, though, the first season was great. Jeff Daniels is a great actor. E- Emily Mortimer, great English actress. 
Um, the issue that they had was that the first season was based on news events that really happened on real life events. Sadly, second season was all just made up in script stuff. And I think, unfortunately, that kind of took away from what made Newsroom so great. Is that the first we were talking about these real events, be it the BP oil spill or things for that matter, that we had our own opinion on. And we kind of want to see what maybe a Newsroom, you know, fictionally would go through in the process of covering that kind of event. So Newsroom was a great show. Obviously, the first season was the best. Did it finish as strong as I would have hoped? No. Kind of had a rushed uh, third season of six episodes. But this happens on television. But in general, Aaron Sorkin, a great writer. And I I'm really looking forward to the Steve Jobs movie directed by Danny Boyle. He comes out. He has coming out this fall. Now, Gabe Isaacson for Fandings, uh, the new sports debate app, the all-inclusive, all-fun sports debate app you could find for free on the iTunes store or on the Apple Store. Um, Gabe, NFL Week Three, fantasy football, man. I think that's pretty much how you and I connected on Twitter. I'm always posting lists and ranking. I mean, dude, I've been playing this game. This is my my 12th season. Um, so I'm, I've officially a, a fantasy nerd. I've been, my friends and I have been playing this game longer than, uh, the, you know, everyone thought it was cool. So before we were just those random guys that would meet and uh, do this drafting thing online, like what's fantasy football? What is that? So is it a video game or what? And now it's one of the, you know, it's one of the top, top sports out there. It's, it's, it's exponentially added to the popularity of, of football in America and I think in the world in general. So let's get into week three matchups and we'll kind of talk some fantasy friendly guys in those games. Okay. You ready? Absolutely. That's phenomenal. I, uh, I, as a, as a personal plug, every Wednesday I post my own personal ranking on uh, fandings.com and uh, I just put mine up for this week today and uh, I'm pulling them up right now as a reference as we speak. So uh, tell me, you want to talk real football matchups? You want to talk fantasy? You want to talk the well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you what we have. I have six games here that I'm going to preview. We're going to go ahead and talk about who we think wins and which players we think are fantasy relevant in those games. And then I'm going to have my Falcon Hot 5, Not 5. I do that each week. That's my Hot 5 players I think you should have in your lineups. That's my not, and my Not 5 players that I think you should avoid in your lineups if you have the choice. Um, you know, I want to bring something up. Fandings.com, you also had another, you had your own show. Are you part of that show as well, or is, are those some of your uh, your other colleagues? Yeah, yes, yes. So we have uh, also on SoundCloud, Fandings.com, and multiple places you can find, just like your great show, we have the, the Fandings, Rody and Ronelli podcast, and they, they do great stuff. I mean, they have, they, you know, they're fun guys, and I enjoy them. But I have to tell you, some of the guests that they get on there, you know, they have Herm Edwards, NFL Herm Edwards on every Thursday talking NFL, and they do some really cool stuff. And I do hop on there about once a week to talk some fantasy stuff uh, for the upcoming weekend. But they're doing great stuff, too, so it's uh, fun. I mean, just like the app world is where it's at, quote-unquote, so the podcasting world is where some of the best content is, and certainly you and Rodi and Manelli are uh, testaments to that. Absolutely. If you have something to talk about and you can do it in a quality way, then you might as well do it. You know, there's no excuse now. So let's uh, let's remember that if this goes well and you enjoyed your time talking to me on this show, let's uh, let's talk to them and see if they're going to need any kind of analysts from California to go ahead and come in and talk about some fantasy sports as well or some movies. I don't know exactly what they're uh, what they're into, but yeah, check that out on Fandings.com. Okay, first game I want to preview a little bit. It's in it's close to your neck of the woods. That's Bengals versus Ravens. Um, that's wow. This is I mean I don't you know. I didn't know exactly about Andy Dalton going into the season, but as of right now, the the Bengals look like the most consistent team in that in that division. What do you think? Yeah, I mean Cincinnati's looks good. I mean certainly Jeremy Hills lost the you know the two lost fumbles last week and he sits and you know a lot of teams that they had to sit a top fifteen running back it wouldn't look so good. They sit a top fifteen running back and they get a hundred yards and whatever out of Giovanni Bernard. It's uh 
amazing. A.J. Green certainly looks great. And that defense, all those defensive backs they've drafted over the years, and suddenly they, uh, you know, it's really coming together. You know, if you believe in continuity, Marvin Lewis has been there a really long time, and it's, uh, it's really showing true. Absolutely, he has. I like that you talked about the corners because they have Drake or Patrick, obviously. They have the infamous Adam Jones, who I have an issue with after his Amari, Amari Cooper uh, ploy. And then you have uh, Denard, the other the other rookie from a few years ago. So Bengals certainly like a solid team. Tyler Eifert, to me, was a sleeper going into the season. I On many different episodes, I talked about how why would I take Gronk in the first round when I can get Tyler Eifert in the 10th round? Obviously, he's not a Gronk, but the difference in points to me is not going to be that different. So you're starting up Gronk this week. You're starting A.J. Green. I wouldn't start that Cincinnati defense yet because you know Joe Flacco in a divisional game I still think he can put up some points but I think Geo is worth a start maybe a 12 to 16 uh, team PPR league do you agree with that yeah yeah I mean to be completely honest with you I think that this is the week they go back to Jeremy Hill I think that that Baltimore front has looked a little soft I mean, you know, in daily formats, I'm not tripping over myself to use A.J. Green because I do think that the Baltimore secondary is uh, confident. I think they're – here's the other thing. And I, I don't believe in soft factors. I'm an analytical guy. You know, if you see anything I write on baseball, I tend to rely on numbers. But if you're going to ever buy into a soft factor, I'll give you this. Baltimore, you know, West Coast game at Denver, tough game. They stay on the West Coast for the whole week. They practice at San Jose State. They're living in Idaho. In a hotel or they in dorm tunas, they go out there, they lose a tough game to Oakland that they probably should have forced overtime on, whatever. You're going home at 0-2, divisional opponent, five days later, you have Pittsburgh. You cannot go 0-3, and then five days later, have to play a Thursday naked in Pittsburgh. Baltimore laying less than a field goal is one of my favorite picks this week, and I do happen to think that Baltimore is going to come away here, and uh, I think it's going to be a, a lowish scoring game, and I... Um, like the running backs, not, you know, and it's uh, it's going to be an interesting little game here, but I, I would go back with Jeremy Hill maybe over Bernard, but it's probably going to be a time share after all. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and take the Bengals in this matchup. You're going to take the Ravens, I assume, or you're going to take the Bengals? I'm going to take the Ravens, definitely. I, li- I like Baltimore here a lot. You're going to take the Ravens. And one thing I want to say as a fantasy note is, listeners, watch out for Lorenzo Taliaferro, the second-year player. Uh, Justin Forsett is just not looking as good. You know, we liked him last year with his, his you know, a fantasy of a fantasy season uh, with the guy who's been around so long out of Cal University. And I think it's kind of starting to show why he wasn't a starter for so many years. Good guy, good player. But I think Lorenzo Taliaferro has more of that top elite talent that you need at a starting back in the National Football League. So have him on your watch list. Come week six or eight, I wouldn't be surprised if Lorenzo Taliaferro is the starting back in the Baltimore Ravens backfield. On that note, before we jump to the next game, I just want to say is that I do like Taliaferro, and I liked Taliaferro last year. Uh, you know, he got some action. The guy I would just keep an eye on, obviously, I, I know that you probably saw him around draft time, and I don't know if he's any better necessarily than Taliaferro at the handcuff type basket. But they do happen to be pretty high on this Javorius Buck Allen down there in Baltimore. And um, if they were to you know, start to go away from Forsett a little. I'd be curious what that would look like if Taliaferro would get the lion's share of the next running back work there. Well, I would have a really chaotic situation. I would have agreed with you, but but since he got injured in pre in preseason and just training camp, that guy would have had a chance. But I think Taliaferro will be given the first chance to carry the ball. And then if he doesn't he doesn't perform, obviously I think they'll move on to the next guy. So that's the Ravens at the Bengals. going to be a tough game. Next is Steelers versus Rams. A really a big game for me in a lot of fantasy leagues. I'm playing against Antonio 
and uh, and Ben Roethlisberger in a few different leagues. And, uh, you know, at home in St. Louis, I think you always have to give them a higher chance. Jeff Fisher's a very talented coach, a very tough coach. His teams are always there to tackle. Um, this is going to be a close game. I see more of a 24 to 14 kind of game. I don't see the Pittsburgh Steelers blowing them out. I know you're on turf, so it's going to be faster, which is better for the receivers. But Le'Veon being back, I think they're going to try to run the ball. Um, God, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams upset this game. Am I crazy to say that? What do you think? Uh, I like I like uh, St. Louis in this game for sure. St. Louis, another actually one of my favorite plays this week. I uh, I think St. Louis is in a good spot. I think that the Steelers have yet to be punished for some of the interior offensive line problems. Certainly the loss of Marquise County. You know, the narrative, we haven't discussed it. In week one, New England had two defensive tackles that are Dom Easley and Allen Branch limited. Last week, the Steelers just weren't being punished for San Francisco, obviously not that tough interior defense. And I think this St. Louis defense just plays down, downhill against the Steelers' offensive line. I uh, really like St. Louis this week, too. And a lot of first-rounders on that defense. So eventually, as in any sport, you get enough top picks, these guys who have talent are going to eventually come through. You know, look at the Royals in baseball, look at the, the Penguins in hockey, how they had some good years. Those draft picks eventually start to perform, and you have a solid franchise. I think that's going to help with the Rams this week. So with the Rams, Todd Gurley is has practice. He's not even on the injury report. So I wouldn't start him this week, but Todd Gurley is someone to look at. Very talented player. I saw him just, you know, destroy SEC defenses when he was a running back at Georgia. Is he in a tough division? Yes. Does he have to play, you know, Arizona two more time, twice? Does he have to play Seattle one more time? Yes. San Francisco, tough defenses? Yes. But if you are hurting for a flex, you know, RB2, I think Todd Gurley is certain someone to look at. I can't imagine that he's actually available in your league, but if you stashed him, you might get a payoff coming up in the, in the next week or two. How many games do you think, assuming Gurley is active this week, how many weeks do you think it is until he breaks, uh, let's say, 15 carries? How many weeks until you think they give him like a pretty solid workload? I think three weeks from now. I think three, three weeks, weeks from, from this game, you know, I think they have the bye in the middle of there, and I think that's when he's going to be able to be on the sideline, be able to kind of watch some of those games, give him some random carries in between there, kind of get a speed and feel for the game, you know, get a feel for that turf. He's never played on turf. You know, he played from Georgia. That was not a turf place. So I think it's right. going to take uh, about three to four, you know, two to three games before Todd Gurley, we find out if he is the guy. So this week, if you have to start a running back for the Rams, I don't want you to, but if you have to, that'd be Trey Mason. Check his status. If not, Benji Cunningham. Receiver-wise, I'm waiting for Brian Quick to get his chances, but maybe Mick Foles is just more of a Kenny Britt and uh, Stedman Bailey guy. So I think those are the guys you're going to look at. Obviously, with the Steelers, we're looking at Le'Veon Bell. You know, The guy was taking first or second pick in most leagues, and now you're going to find out with those two-game suspension being over with how he's going to perform. Obviously, Antonio Bryan is a surefire number one receiver. Ben Roethlisberger, you're starting. Heath Miller, to me, is a very underrated tight end. For a lot of people this week who missed out on Austin Seferi and Jenkins, who's out four to six weeks, who missed out on Jason Witten, who looks like he might be banged up, I think uh, I think Heath Miller is a must-start. And uh, we're both taking the Rams in this game, which I think is going to be a tough, hard-nosed game in St. Louis. Um, next game, Cards versus Niners. So a lot of divisional games. This is another one of the divisional games. I think this is going to be a tough game. I'm worried for uh, Carlos Hyde. I own him in a few leagues. So let's start with the Cards. Which fantasy guys are you going to start in this game? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting in Arizona. I, I'm probably staying away from the Arizona running back. I just, you know, I'm not a big... There, there's enough good, solid situations in this league that we have a very good sense of, both in season-long and daily situations, that I probably don't want to um, get involved with Chris or David Johnson for the time being. I, I, if you look at... Sometimes I look at the ESPN fantasy rankings as a point of reference to kind of get a sense of what the 
you know, mainstream, quote-unquote, majority, quote-unquote, might prefer. Yeah. And um, they had Larry Fitzgerald as like a top 15 receiver this week. If I, if I could sell on Larry Fitzgerald as a top 15 do receiver, it. I would do that in a heartbeat. The biggest thing you want to look at is I am all about looking at targets as a method of value as opposed to touchdowns. Yes. And obviously, touchdowns are a brief point, and we all understand how it works. But these guys like Fitzgerald and James Jones that are inflated by touchdowns, I mean, goodness gracious. Like, you think by 2015, we'd know to sell on those guys. And uh, I don't know. It, it, to me, the whole game is kind of ugly, and it's probably a fantasy stay away a little bit. And uh, it's hard to get super excited about anyway besides yeah, I agree. I'm so glad what you said because it really adds a lot of value. To be honest, someone who knows his, his his Falcon stuff when it comes to fantasy football and sports, what you just said is exactly what I agree with and what I abide by. So I have a lot of I have a lot more respect. I already had respect for you, Gabe, but now I have even more respect because that's what I look for in the box score. When it comes to receivers, I look for targets. I look for opportunity. Opportunity equals fantasy points in the National Football League. When it comes to running backs, I look for carries. I also look for targets as well. We these quarterbacks are, are human beings just like us. They get along better with some guys and they don't with other guys. So you want to see who they're close with and who they're going to give the ball to when they're in, in a crunch time. You know, when the 300-pound defensive tackle is trying to break their clavicle, they got to look for the guy that they can trust and they're going to get the ball out to him. So in terms of, you know, the Cardinals receivers, I think the only one that's startable right now is John Brown. Maybe Fitzgerald is a flex kind of guy this week, but I, I can't, you know, I'm not expecting three touchdowns a game. John Brown, to me, is the future of the Cards offense. Um, Carson Palmer, the X-Raider, of course, is doing great now that he's not in the silver and black. Uh, X-Heisman winner having a good season. And I think... I'm going to take the cards. Yeah, I'm going to take the cards in this game, even though I think it's a complete toss-up in the divisional game. What about you? I like the cards. I like the cards. You know, they're about a six-point favorite. I think that's fair. I think they're, they're they. You know, I think it's one of those games where it's a low-scoring game, so the margin may never look that big. They may win by seven, ten points, but I think that Arizona is so solidly the better team at this point that obviously their soft factors and all these other things matter. But um, you know. I would like to think that Arizona's going to pull this one out. Okay, so we're taking we're both taking Arizona over the Niners. Niners fantasy wise, you are starting Carlos Hyde. He passed the conclu- the, con- um, the concussion protocol. He has a a knee bruise, but it looks like he's going to play. So if you are desperate for an RB two, I still think with the name and the talent for a former second round pick out of Ohio State, I still think he's a guy that you need to start this week. As far as receivers, I'm not buying the Torrey Smith train. He, he's too much of a big play dependent guy. So if you need somebody, the only receiver I'm starting for the Niners is in a PPR format, and that's going to be Anquan Bolden. Taking the cards over the Niners uh, week three. Next game is um, Chargers versus Vikings, which to me is very interesting. I actually had the Chargers winning the AFC West. I'm a, a Phillip Rivers believer. I'm a believer of T- Stevie Johnson was on my most underrated list going into the season. A really talented player. He's in the slot position now, and I think perfect for that offense. And uh, the Vikings are really talented as well, though. I mean, I drafted their defense in every league because, you know, people, a lot of listeners would be too young to notice this, but in the 70s, when Minnesota played outside, they had the highest home field advantage of any team in the league because do you want to go play negative 10 degrees in a snowstorm in Minnesota during the winter? No, you don't. It just hurts to get hit. It hurts to throw the ball. It hurts to catch the ball. And this year, they're playing outside that last season before they get their new dome stadium. So Minnesota defense in general is, is someone I need you to pick up and look at starting in week six. What do you think about Minnesota and the Chargers this week? That's really interesting. I'm a big Minnesota guy. Um I'm a big believer in that team. I love the coaching. I love Mike Zimmer. I love North Turner. North Turner, obviously, the old uh, mentor to Philip Rivers, now yep. mentoring young Teddy Bridgewater. It's yep. a uh, fun little narrative there. I'm a big Minnesota guy. I mean, I think that they're the second best team in that division, without a doubt, which 
you know, frankly, probably isn't saying all that much, but I think the Minnesota uh, wins this one. I, I like Minnesota here. I, I like Bridgewater. I think I like Bridgewater. I actually wrote this this week in a piece on fanings.com. Is that the addition of Mike Wallace, uh, accompanied by a healthy Kyle Rudolph, the return of Adrian Peterson, and Mike Wallace, Charles Johnson, the emergence of Teddy Bridgewater, to me, besides Adrian Peterson and potentially Rudolph, to me, it creates a better real-life offensive situation than it does for fantasy purposes because you have just such a diverse array of weapons. It's kind of the same thing with all the receivers in Arizona and a few of these other offenses uh, with all the secondary pieces in Cincinnati it feels like too. Is that it, you know, it makes these quarterbacks, Dalton and Bridgewater, who are pretty good real-life quarterbacks but not fantasy options, just a confident overall offense. And it's why Peterson is so valuable, but you can't start a receiver on that team. And it's sort of that thing that is... Uh, a fun thing with that team, but they're not a very, very good team, and that defense, like you said, is, is for real. I agree, and I think the thing is, it's one of those circumstances where people who know sports would realize that this is a better real football team than it is a fantasy football team if that makes sense you know Teddy Bridgewater Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a winner but to me he's not at that point where he's going to put up big numbers to me Charles Johnson he's droppable he's had four receptions in two games he hasn't gone over 40 yards yet and uh you know they're going to do whatever they can to move the ball down the field um Kyle Rudolph is a is a low end I guess he's a high end tight end too he's not someone I exactly want to have in my league uh, yeah, but um, you know, which is just doesn't make sense because he's been so talented. I think really having that hip injury really, really hurt him. Um, in this game, I think for the Chargers, so far for me, I like Danny Woodhead more than Melvin Gordon. Am I alone in that, or would you agree? And when it comes to fantasy, I like Danny Woodhead's opportunity more than Melvin. Yeah, I like uh, Danny Woodhead. I, I like the opportunity. I do happen to think, though, just with the carry situation last week. You know, last week, Gordon outcarried Woodhead 16-7 to in what was a tighter game. That week one game was a little bit of a shootout, if you recall. That Detroit game was a little chaotic. Yeah. And I think it's not unlike what we do with a lot of these other teams, with the New York Giants and the New England Patriots, where you have different running backs for different game flows. And if you think this game, like I do, is going to be a little tougher, a little more hard-nosed, a little more between the trenches, this, to me, sticks out as a Melvin Gordon game as opposed to a Woodhead game. Though those games were a little more spread out, certainly the Denver games come to mind. Uh, will be Woodhead games potentially. That's kind of how I'm drawing it in my head. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, when the passing game needs to be more involved in the checkdowns, you're going to get Danny Woodhead. And the games are going to be closer, more of the grinded out. You're going to get more Melvin Gordon. He's going to get more carries up the middle, trying to you know have that consistent running game to open up the passing lanes for Philip Rivers. So I'm taking San Diego in this game, and you're going Vikings? I, I am. I'm leaning Minnesota. Not a strong feel, but I like Minnesota there. Okay, next game here on the What the Falk Show with me, Connor Falk. You're listening. I'm with Fandings right now. Gabe Isaacson out on the East Coast. You can find him at Fandings on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at MyWTFShow, SoundCloud MyWTFShow, What the Falk Show is on iTunes and also available on Pod Directory. The next game is very close to my heart. It's the Raiders. I've been a Raider fan my whole life. Uh, why am I a Raider fan? Because... I grew up being a kid who read a lot of autobiographies when I was in the library in elementary school. And uh, once I came across Jim Plunkett, you know, also of Native American background, also had grandparents and parents who had disabilities, you know, another underdog who came back from nothing and uh, ended up winning two Super Bowls. It was sold then. I knew I was going to be a Raider fan forever and I was always going to be a Jim Plunkett fan. Now, it's really interesting because it's been about 10 to 12 years since we've had any chance to do anything. People would call me a cynic when it comes to the Raiders because I just don't know how to accept any kind of hope or... um, you know, happiness when it comes to our future. But I got to tell you, we won on a game-winning drive last week. I know there was a penalty called back, but uh, Derek Carr happens to be from my hometown. I'm from Bakersfield, California. I've met his brother. Football is huge where I come from, if you can't tell with my love for it. And uh, so he has good character. He loves football. 
the Raiders might actually have a chance to win two games in a row. And I think that this is is strengthened by the fact that the Browns are starting Luke McCown over Johnny Manziel. I think this is crazy. I, I Right now, I'm having that Mark Wahlberg face. If you've ever watched Mark Wahlberg act in any movie, he's always just confused the whole time, and he's always asking questions like, what? What do you mean? He's always like out of breath, like he's been running for some reason. I don't know what's going on with Marky Mark, but that's how I feel right now. I mean, am I, am I off? Am I crazy to think that the Raiders might actually have a chance to win two games in a row? No, I, I don't disagree with you. I... I... I feel great just about everything you said. I think that I would have started Manziel if it was up to me. Uh, I think that the narrative that McCown gives him a better chance to win is a fallacy. Uh, and uh, Oakland has lost 11 straight road games, and uh, I think that they did not blow that, break that streak up this week. I think that a lot of people are going to be interested in that Amari Cooper-Joe Hayden matchup, and I personally think Joe Hayden is very overrated. I think the rookie's going to come to play a little bit, and... Uh, I have no reason to think Oakland couldn't pull this one out on the red. Nice. Well, I agree with you. I think the fact that you drafted Johnny Manziel in the first round, you got to start him. You know, for me, fantasy wise, it sucks because I had Travis Benjamin as a must pickup because for the it kind of improv, I had this article that I wrote and I had a good line that I liked, and it was the fact that Johnny Manziel has never found a pocket that he didn't want to run out of, and uh, be, because of that, that makes Travis Benjamin a very attractive offer because he's a guy who's you know he's running in the flats, he's he's improving, and he's going to be the guy that's that's shadowing Johnny Manziel for that forty yard pass, you know, on the side of the field when Johnny Manziel is running to his left or right. So I think. Travis Benjamin in three touchdowns in two games with Johnny Menzel is certainly a guy that you should have looked at. So with Josh McCown coming in, I don't like anyone on that offense now. I mean, like Isaiah Correll, I guess you can start as a flex, but in as terms of uh, Cleveland, I wouldn't even start the Cleveland defense this week. So I don't like anybody on that. When it comes to the Raiders, Amari Cooper is the next Chris Carter to me. I was so happy we drafted him. I, I definitely wanted him over Leonard Williams, who's also from Bakersfield, California. So we could have got two hometown guys, but I wanted a guy who has the surest hands and the best route running that I've seen out of any player since um, Torrey Holt, since he came out of North Carolina State with the Rams. He kind of he, he really reminds me of a Torrey Holt, Marvin Harrison-like clone. I think he's going to be a Raider for the next 8 to 10 years, and I think he's going to make multiple Pro Bowls. I think he's already the most talented player on our team, including Cleo Mack. And if you saw that touchdown last week, I think that uh, that only strengthens that position. This week, I think he's a flex, but you know who I think is a sneaky play? That's Michael Crabtree, because the number two cornerback for the Browns is not nearly as talented as the number one in Joe Heaton. So Michael Crabtree in daily leagues, you know, if you need a play, if you spend all your money on a quarterback and running back, I like Michael Crabtree this week as a sneaky play. What do you think? I think that's intriguing. I think Crabtree has looked... Uh... Uh, good and a little bit of resurgence. I think the only thing I can say about the Oakland offense is that last year, the Cleveland defense ranked 31st in run defense DVOA. And so far, small sample size, but Cleveland is 26th this year in rush defense DVOA. And uh, personally, I think it's a Latavius Murray game. I, I think that it's, it's, he's a play in daily. He's, he's obviously started season long. And I just think that there's a chance that there's not a huge number of points scored in this game. The statistics about Derek Carr pass attempts are a little bit obscene, frankly. I think we finally hold him under 40 pass attempts just because we're going to run the hell out of the ball as we can Brooklyn. And uh, I do like Crabtree as an intriguing kind of speculative daily play when the matchup's right, and uh, that could be this week. I'm just thinking, you know, it, it, it's it's Murray, it's maybe Amari Cooper, and then after that, I'm just, I'm just, keeping a distance a little bit, uh, you know, in a daily sense where you can opt in and out. Well, it's smart because, you know, the Raiders haven't turned the page yet, and we can't just assume after. We've had big wins before. We, You know, Bruce Gradkowski was able to beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh a few years ago. We were able to beat a Cincinnati team that's very solid in Oakland. Nothing happened from that. They were just random wins. So I don't think we can accept yet that the tide has turned and that the Raiders are a successful football team now. So I think it's smart to assume 
that between two teams that are kind of in the middle, that this is going to be an ugly game. So that would be more of a running back game, be it a you know Latavius Murray or Isaiah Correll. I'm taking the Raiders in this game to win two in a row, and you are taking the Raiders as well, I assume? Yeah, yeah, I, I think the Raiders are going to pull this one out. I love it. I fucking love it. Go Raiders. Okay, uh, last game of the week I want to preview. A really interesting matchup to me fantasy-wise because all the storylines. That's Green Bay playing Monday night in Kansas City. Let's start with Green Bay. Um, Devontae Adams has been a bit of a disappointment, but he still had the most targets each week. I do not think you should par with him yet. I still think he's the most talented player on that team. I played against James Jones last week. He only had, he would have had two touchdowns. It wasn't for the butt touching, but uh, he only had, you know, ended up having two receptions total, one called away. So one reception is 29 yards and a TD. He's not a number two receiver to me. He's a flex. He's a, he's a fourth man, you know, four, depending on how deep your league, he's a, he's a fourth spot kind of guy to play. To me, Devontae Adams is still the starter. The most interesting thing is the Eddie Lacy, James Stark scenario. Now I've had Eddie Lacy the last two years. I love him to me. He's the next Steven Jackson, who was my favorite fantasy football running back of all time. I want a guy who gets receptions. I want a guy who gets rushes. As we talked about, opportunity wins fantasy football games. I think you shouldn't start Eddie Lacy this week because the Packers aren't going to rush him out there. So even if he's active, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to waste their time and ha- and then go ahead and and and. It, risk a chance for injury I think James Starks ends up getting all the carries I think James Starks is a safer play as of right now what do you think well it's, it's really difficult to, to prognosticate this sort of thing on a Wednesday uh, the way I have uh, thought about it today the way I did my rankings is that I think the Lacey is going to be a full go obviously your point about to what extent they let him you know run it out there is its own question though I do think that if Lacey is active and by all accounts, you know, he's practiced, which it looks like he's going to, and all those sorts of things, if he does, then I don't think you can start Starks. And problematically, if you have Lacey in a season-long format, I think you have to start him, you know, just by the nature of it. And so I, I think that if Lacey's active, there just frankly doesn't end up being a whole lot of questions in, on that sense. So it's one of those things, and I said this last week about C.J. Anderson and Ronnie Hill. When you have a dinged-up running back, and frankly this probably goes for LaShawn McCoy sometimes too, you'd almost rather the talented starter sit out a week, get healthy, and then for fantasy purposes, let the backup be at all points go start, because we would all love to start Lonnie Hillman, Carlos Williams, you know, etc. when the starter's out. And just here, you know, James Starks would be a top-20 play, and instead we're probably going to have to stay away, I guess. Okay, well I think that's a really good analysis from there. You know, I come from the point of view that I don't want a guy who – has a chance to get taken out and get less carries for a guy that I think sure. they would be able I, I to just, disagree. you know, the actual Super Bowl winning running back, the only running back to win a Super Bowl on the Packers, James Starks at a Buffalo, um, to me is a guy when given the chance, he's going to do well, you know, on 20 carries, he had 95 yards last week. But the Kansas City is a, a stingy defense. If it's one thing I noticed against playing against Denver, they had a very solid tackling team. Those coaches are doing a very good job. When it comes to the Chiefs, I think we know starting wise, we can start, you know, Jamal Charles, you start each week. He's not going to have two fumbles every week. You're going to go ahead and start Jimmy Macklin. I'm not starting Alex Smith. Travis Kelsey, to me, is not as much value as Tyler Eifert every week. He's just not, but he's somewhere going to start. I'm taking Green Bay in this game. I just think they're too good of a team. Who are you taking? Uh, I like Green Bay as well. I, I uh, have uh, very little concern about Green Bay and, and their quarterback who has not thrown a, uh, an interception at Lambeau Field since 2012. He's just the best player in the game. I might be a Raider fan, but it's so fun watching Aaron Rodgers. He's the best quarterback we've ever seen. I, I don't know if you want to call it from some kind of physical talent, but the way he can get rid of the ball effectively on time, on mobility as well. I mean, he's like Jeff Garcia on steroids. Jeff Garcia, to me, who was one of the most underrated players of all time, now all these players are using Jeff Garcia's skills, but their physical talent is kind of overwhelmingly making them successful in the league. Um, so that's our kind of our matchups right there, the guys that we're going to take. Now we're going to do a real quick, 
Quick Hot Five, Not Five with the What the Falk Show. You're listening to that with me, Connor Falk, an all-exclusive podcast. Talks about sports, entertainment, food, and all the things you love to think about when you're bored. Um, I'm with Gabe Isaacson right now of Fandings, one of the new, the only new fun sports debate app out there. You got something you want to talk about. You got your own opinions that you want to get out there. Go ahead and download the app from the iTunes store. It's free. Gabe, these are my Hot Five, Not Five. You can kind of give me some advice what you think of these guys. Let me go Not Five first. These are guys that I do not think you should start this week. That's Lamar Miller, running back for the Dolphins. Whether he plays or not, I am not starting any running back against the Buffalo Bills. Tough divisional matchup. Um, They just are not using him effectively yet, and it's been unfortunate, but I'm not starting Lamar Miller this week or Damian Williams if somehow Lamar Miller doesn't play. Number four on the list is Sam Bradford. Now, I was, a, I was a big believer in the Eagles before, but I'm not now because, uh, God, they just did not look very good. And you got two really good corners in, in um, Buster Screen and uh, Darrell Revis. So I'm not touching the Eagles this week. And a little drop here, breaking news, DeMarco Murray went out with a hamstring tweak. He left practice today. So if you have Ryan Matthews, you might want to just stash him. I wouldn't play him this week. It's a tough, solid Jets team, but Ryan Matthews is worth a pickup. Number three, that's uh, Matt Forte. I mean, to me, bro, my least favorite college football quarterback ever was Jimmy Clausen. Now, he's the starter of the Bears. Um, I don't think that helps anyone's value. It lowers everyone's value, and especially if you're Matt Forte, who's a you know about to, he's a 30-year-old running back in the contract year. They're going to put eight in the box, and they're going to zero in on him. And I think playing against the Seahawks, Cam Chancellor's back. I am not going to start Matt Forte if I have any opportunity to or you know any choice. Number one. Number two was uh, Megatron. Um, you know, a tough Denver defense. Akeem Tlaib, Chris Harris. In Denver, I um, I don't like the matchup, and I don't like the fact that Matt Stafford might miss the game. He did have 17 targets last week, but these are guys that I think if you can avoid, I just got a bad feeling in my stomach. Obviously, none of these are facts. You know, in analysis, it can only be my opinion of what I think can happen, and I think Megatron is looking at a bad game. And we talked about it before. You've actually kind of changed my mind a little bit from what you're saying, but right now, as of right now, number one is Eddie Lacy. Just because we don't know exactly, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Is he going to 50%? Are they going to give him a full workload? Because of that, I do not think you should play Eddie Lacy this week. If you have a better option. If you don't, he's your stud. Go ahead and start him. These are guys that I just think you should take a pause at. What do you think about that not five? It's very interesting. I mean, certainly the big takeaway for me, I was trying to find common schemes in your best. And the scheme to me there, and it's an important thing for everyone to think about, is injuries to players, but then the externalities of the injuries to those players. So Stafford's dinged up, how does that affect Calvin Johnson? You know, Cutler's dinged up, so how does that affect Matt Forte? And certainly, you know, a dinged up Eddie Lacy and a dinged up Lamar Miller are certainly reasonable points of hesitation, but the idea that, you know, Martellus Bennett goes from being the 6th best tight end to the 12th best tight end, you know, hypothetically, with yeah. is uh, worth thinking about. And these, these things affect everybody, and it's, uh, you know, it's running rampant. There's a lot of cues out there right now, and it's uh, not pretty. It absolutely is. I don't know many people would have thought that uh, Brandon Marshall would end up being a better draft choice than Alshon Jeffrey going into the season. You know, you thought the new young guy on a, on a high-tempo offense with Adam Gates and who you thought Jay Cutler was going to be healthy, you thought he'd be a good play. As of right now, Brandon Marshall on the Jets is a better play than any any other players on the Bears. Next is the Hot Five. These are players I think you should try to do what you can to have them start. You can check this out. I always have the Hot Five on my Twitter, at my WTF show, on Facebook, my WTF show, and as always, this show on SoundCloud and iTunes. Gabe, Gabe Isaacson, sorry, from Fandings, the funnest new sports debate app is on here. But number hot five, number five, Matt Ryan, two good games. He's got Julio Jones. He's playing a Dallas Cowboys team that's going to have to kind of bounce back with uh, losing Romo, losing Bryant, Witten possibly being out. I think this is still, I think he still has a good game. I think you're looking at three to two to three touchdowns and 300 yards. When you have Julio Jones to throw to, you always know you might have a chance for a few big plays. Number four, 
Jordan Reed. I've been a big fan of Jordan Reed since his rookie year. He actually won me a championship. This guy played receiver, running back, and quarterback at Florida. He's an athlete who happens to play tight end, really along that Jimmy Grand vein. And uh, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins likes him. I think one of those teams are going to destroy the other. I think the Redskins are going to beat the Giants tomorrow. And I think Jordan Reed is a guy you need to look at. I think he's a high tight. I think he's a mid mid level tight end one that is not owned in enough leagues. He's been on all my waiver wire pickups. He's someone you need to own now, especially if you own some of these tight ends who are not kind of you know performing as you had expected. Number three, Jonathan Stewart, playing the Saints at 155 yards last time they played. The Saints are a team in disarray right now. We don't know if Drew's going to play or not. The defense has not been solid. I think in this divisional game, I think they run the ball a lot. I think uh, because of the fact that Cam has been running more consistently, I think Jonathan Stewart really opens up the, the lanes for him, and I think he has a good game. Number two is Marshawn Lynch. Now, Beast Mode, this might not normally be a hot five, not five. He hasn't exactly had the best season so far. I know it's early. We're always wondering when he's going to kick the tires. He's been playing so long, but if you eat enough Skittles... And uh, you don't talk enough. Apparently, you have a successful uh, career as a running back. And and I think, uh, you know, after last year of them losing the Super Bowl because they didn't trust Marshawn enough, I think they're going to trust him in this game. He's playing the Bears. They're just an awful team. They're playing for, the, for, they're playing for another Connor. Connor Cook, the Michigan State quarterback, the number one pick. That's who they're playing for now. I think the Seahawks just destroy the Bears. And I think Marshawn is in for a huge game. Number one is T.Y. Hilton. And that's because a lot of people are down on the Colts right now. A lot of people think the 0-2, they're not going to do anything. They're thinking, Andrew Luck, why did I take him in the first round? He was always rated number three to me behind Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger. But still, I understand why people took him. Very talented quarterback. Future Hall of Famer, in my opinion. T.Y. Hilton didn't have a very big game last week. Everyone's on Dante Moncrief, but they're not going to play the Bills and the Jets every week. He's not going to go against Darrell Revis every week. So T.Y. Hilton against Tennessee, who destroyed them last year, I think he has a bounce-back game. I think you fire him up over Dante Moncrief. I think T.Y. Hilton has a huge game. Gabe Isaacson from Fandings, what do you think about my hot five? I think that the theme in those five was matchups, and I think that, you know, that the fun thing, obviously, in a season-long league, can you, can you do anything if you have or don't have T.Y. Hilton or Marshall Lynch? No. But your point about, you know, T.Y. Hill is always going to have that price tag next to him. You're going to have to decide when he's worth all those dollars and all those cents. And uh, against I, I, all I can picture from the Tennessee Highlights last week is seeing the back of Gerald Sensabaugh's jersey. He was turned backwards, chasing receivers all day long. And, uh, you know, with Seattle, I'm thinking the same thing. That Chicago defense doesn't scare me too much. And, uh, you know, when you see matchups this juicy and opportunities and healthy teams and healthy offenses, well, bye, 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 bye. You know, go put these guys in your daily league show. You know, we have a, a Fanding league down at FanDuel. You go to FanDuel.com slash Fanding. And uh, I can tell you that I put together a lineup down there today just kind of piecing it out what I'm going to do. And I can tell you that I, the first two players I put in my FanDuel lineup for this week were an Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton stack. And uh, I would work from there this week. I totally like that. Absolutely, Gabe. I love you. talked about opportunity. You talked about health. You talked about matchups. Those are all the things, listeners, that I think you should look at when you're trying to make your fantasy football decisions. Gabe, it's been awesome. We're at 50 minutes now. It's been a great conversation. It's been a great talk, dude. I got to learn a lot about Fandings, the new fun sports debate app for free on the iTunes, on the, on the App Store. Did you have a good time? Is this one of your favorite times on a podcast for someone who lives in Los Angeles? This has been a, a really good time. I've done a, a few podcasts now in my day, and I can tell you that the, the diverse array of getting to touch on a little bit of everything is a treat for me as a guest and a treat for your listeners, and uh, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, man. So anybody ask, you're gonna, they're going to ask you, how's the What the Falk show? You're going to say, hey, it's pretty falcon good. Am I right? hundred percent, young man. Okay, thanks, man. And uh, let me go ahead and give, your, uh, give the Fandings information on where to find them on social media, and then uh, we'll go ahead and say goodbye. Certainly, certainly. At Fandings on Twitter, you know, Facebook.com slash Fandings, Fandings.com, and most importantly, the Fandings app for free in the Apple iOS app. Okay, Gabe, I appreciate it, man. And good luck over there on the East Coast, and uh, good luck to us this week in our fantasy matchups. I will talk to you soon, my friend.
I look forward to hearing from you, Okay. Oh, that was Gabe Isaacson from Fandings.com, the Fandings app, the new fun to sports debate app. If you want to talk some trash or you want to agree with some stuff or whatnot, or you just want to get into the nitty-gritty of your different opinions of all the sports topics that are out there each day, check them out on the iTunes store, on the App Store. It's free. They have a podcast on SoundCloud as well. He gave you his Twitter, at Fandings on Twitter. And uh, as you know, you can find me, Connor Falk, the host of the What the Falk Show, what you're listening to right now. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to it. You can find me on iTunes. You can find me on SoundCloud, my WTF show. You can find me on Twitter, my WTF show. We're on Facebook, My WTF Show. It's sports, it's entertainment, it's food, it's America. It's all the things I love to talk about, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen to it. If you want to be a guest on the show or you want some topics you want us to touch on, let me know. You can email me. You can find me on those sites that I listed. I'd be more than happy to listen to your opinions. Have a great week, and I'll, I'll talk to you next week.